0: I want to introduce the Red Hand listeners to a fantastic business who support the podcast. Hill Fitness is Northern Ireland's leading home gym equipment provider. Whether you're a total beginner buying your first weight set or a strength training veteran creating your dream home gym, Hill Fitness have you covered. From dumbbells to squat racks, gym flooring to exercise bikes, Hill Fitness have everything you need and more. Red Hand listeners can receive an exclusive discount of 5% off their first order in store or online. Just use code red five all caps at the checkout. Check them out at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. That's discount code red five all capitals for five percent off your first order at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. Hill Fitness make amazing home gyms happen. Welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. I'm joined by Caelan Scully. He's a young uh, rugby writer from Munster. And Ross Barnett, who's a rugby writer and Ulster fan. So we're going to discuss Ulster's first win at Toman Park in eight years on Saturday. So if you didn't see the game, it ended up 14-15 in Ulster's favour, edge of the seat stuff. And what a huge statement that was from Ulster, who are now second in the URC table. So I want to get stuck straight into... Uh chatting to the guys. So Caelan, this is a tricky one for you. But do you think Ulster have now cemented their place as a second best province in Ireland?
1: It's a great way to start my first uh podcast appearance, lads. But yeah. I'll I'm not gonna actually say the words because it'll kill me. Because I grew up when going to watch Munster win Heineken Cups themselves. So I'm not gonna say that, but I, I'll give you credit. I think Ulster right now are one of the five or six actual contenders to win it. Bear in mind I do think Dan McFarland needs to actually look at guys outside of his normal 25, 26 if they do want to win. But I do think they're one of the maybe five, six teams that can win it. I think Ulster, I touched on a few times in my own pieces, like they've got a young squad, an awful lot has gone right for them. They've been tested, they've had tough losses, you know, that Stormers game in particular last year. And they are right up there with Leinster as one of the best teams in the country. What ranking? I won't say, it, but they're right up there anyway. Uh,
0: you, you know your audience, Caelan, clearly because <laughs> um, we're going to agree with that. And uh, I think I think that's not inaccurate. And I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. You know, it was a fairly narrow win, but a win nonetheless, in in a very difficult environment. So I want to turn to Ross now. Um, to add even more uh, Ulster bias than I'm already giving, so uh, Ross, do you think that was a, a, a that scoreline was a fair reflection of the performance of both teams?
2: Um, yes and no, and I'll tell you why I'm sitting on the fence here. Three tries, the one. Yes, I think I think it, I think it was. Um, first, Ulster's three tries scored the first half. They basically did the three attacks. that They scored three tries from. Um, obviously we'll get on to that later but I think maybe should have done a wee bit more but um, in terms of a one point win, no, I think maybe if two, three of them conversions landed 21-13 or 21-14, sorry uh, yeah, I would. I don't think it was a one point game, I think Ulster had a more, I, I, it shouldn't have been as uh, nail biting towards the end as it really was um, I, I don't think Munster were as bad as everyone made them out to be um, I wouldn't say it was a vintage ultra performance, but uh, I, th- I think it should have been a little bit more comfortable than what it really was.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and uh, uh, I, I think both both uh, sides could could argue it could have gone either way, and there's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll turn turn to talk more about the actual performances in a second. But I, I suppose uh, if you're anything like me, it can be difficult to keep. Tabs and all the all the other provinces, let alone the other URC teams, and, and know sort of what's going on with them. So, Caelan, could you bring us up to date with Munster? I mean, we, we might have not followed uh, just as closely this season. How have you been getting on?
1: It's been shaky. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think the big thing with Munster is obviously there's a new coach and take gun in, but um, I think it was Bernard Jackman that put the point of, across very well that. The injuries are coming because they haven't trained at the highest standard in, in years gone by. So, so we're led to believe that's gone up. There's been an awful lot of muscular injuries, slight niggling injuries. And whatever about implementing a new game plan and skill set, there's been no cohesion. Do you know, and I think that's that is that's something that can't be avoided. Like if you're a Graham Roundtree, what are you saying? Oh, no, I'm going to keep with the normal training habits that hasn't worked. We're going to keep banging our heads against the wall. The same skill level, same style, you're not. So, but they've been hampered. And like you look last last weekend, it was Owen O'Connor and Edwin O'Doggo as the starting second seconders, Keen Hurley and Evan O'Connell on the bench. The oldest of those are 23. They had Jack O'Donohue, Alex Kandelon, John Hodnett, and again, Keen Hurley. Mm-hmm. Apart from O'Donohue, the oldest of those is Hodnett, and he's only 22, 23. So they're not. They're, they're being forced to play young players. I think they're up to like 54, 55 this season, which is great, don't get me wrong. But you look at Leinster always look well gelled. Ulster, probably from means of having a smaller squad slightly, they look well gelled. Connacht, Munster don't at the moment. And yeah, you can't excuse losing to the Dragons, for instance, but you can kind of see why. There's, there's a lot of reasons. And to be honest, this was the one game I felt that... If we won this, I don't think people would have been disappointed with the last couple of games. Fair enough, first two games, two losses, not good enough. But I think if they came out of it with one win out of three in those three intervals and beating the Bulls, it wouldn't have been too bad. But now it's a bit, it's a bit shaky. They're probably not going to make Heineken Cup. I've seen i seen a graphic there by um by Keen, by Ruby Keno on Twitter, who most lads will probably follow him, and it's still well within reach, like it's, it's very close, but I just think you just look at the injuries, you look at the, the form of a couple of guys, the, the so-called, um, senior players haven't been great and it's just led into this. And to be quite honest, I was, I, I said this to friends and I was disappointed, but I wasn't mad the other night. Like the better team did the better team won. Do you know, like Jack Crowley was the whistle of a post from winner for first, but then Ulster would probably have kicked their goal down the other end then as well so yeah it hasn't been a great start it's uh two wins five losses and those two wins were against zebra and the bulls at home but listen it's it's the best league for a reason because anyone can beat anyone that we'll just <laughs> we just go at that angle and I'm, i'll feel happy if i continue harping that drum
0: absolutely no uh, <laughs> and that'll hurt the monster power so much more i'm not angry i'm just disappointed i think you should mess with him that. <laughs> that's true. um yeah, sorry. I Ross,
2: are you going to come in? There? I know. I I'd, I'd just like to say. I just like to say. I think there's uh, a, a lot has been made about the new coaching change, and I think it's quite right. Because, like, when Dan McFarlane came in, to Ulster, Ulster were a shambles. Like, they were, they were, like, they were a mess. They came down to Munster, and Munster stuck was eight or nine tries past them in Thomond Park. Um like, I don't think Munster put in a performance as that bad. As what Ulster did then, um, but I think they're going through sort of a similar transition phase. And um, look, look, like from an outside view looking in, there was enough individually individually talented players on that pitch for Munster that I will I will be shocked if they don't make Champions Cup rugby. I'll be sh- yeah, I'll be shocked if the I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they finish top six. I, I, I still wouldn't. It's the season's still fairly young. Um, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, they still have their... Uh, I think they still have to go to South Africa, but it's not yeah. until the last two... The last, It's the last games of the season, am I right in thinking that, Kaylee? Yeah,
1: it's the last two games, but before that, we've three home games against yeah. the Ospreys, Glasgow and Scarlets.
2: Yeah, like, they should be... I think that should be 15 points from those three games. Um,
1: it's during the Six Nations as well, those three games. Is
2: but it'll be i don't think there is any matches during the six nations at least in
1: between yeah sorry
2: okay right right yeah, yeah. um i i know I, something will have seriously gone wrong if monster don't make um don't make champion's cup rugby and i don't think it has i don't think anything out of the ordinary from a new coaching change has gone wrong yes there's players out of form but um it'll maybe take a season of not comp- not competing for trophies but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back again, uh, contesting them next season. Yeah,
0: fair point. And I suppose before this becomes a monster rugby support group, I uh, want to talk. <laughs> about, <laughs> we want to talk about Ulster for a second and uh, talk about that Ulster performance. So, Ross, what did you make of that performance? Were there a few areas of Ulster's game that you're particularly impressed with?
2: So, um. When talking about this ulcer performance, I think we need to consider what ulcer have been through the last sort of fortnight coming back from South Africa. Not not only coming back from South Africa, uh, playing against the Lions would have played against sh- Sharks, but then coming back and uh, I think there was talk of players losing five six kilos because of the um, this nor was it norovirus or uh, E E-col- coli or food poisoning or whatever yes, uh-huh. whatever it was yeah, the yeah, illness and. Yeah. Um, so like that would have had a major. That would have had a major effect. It would have disrupted training, and then there's the travelling back. I think it's seven, eight, nine hours flights to South Africa. Um, so taking that into consideration, um, I, I was happy enough. Um, and I'm also I'm actually just looking here at Ulster's recent record away in Munster, and um, it is really not good. Out of the uh, previous 22 matches uh, in Munster, dating back to January 20. 20- 2003 Ulster that is the weekend's was all, only Ulster's sixth win and in out of, out of those 22 matches they've only scored more than one try six times so getting three tries down in Munster in really bad conditions considering Ulster are sort of known for their um, Backline play and putting the putting the ball up the jumper. I was really happy. I was really happy with the lineout. I thought they put serious pressure. Sam Carter and Al O'Connor serious pressure on the monster lineout. It's usually the other way around. We usually have yeah. Peter Romani and Tag Burn, Regan Havoc, and also struggling to contain their own ball. Um, we uh, let me see. I, th- I I thought in the first half we were playing with the wind. They maybe could have put kicked a wee bit more and we could have put monster under a wee bit more pressure. On monster weren't really comfortable. Um, playing out, their line out wasn't really functioning, you Tom Stewart, you Tom Stewart at the tail, he was picking off quite a few overthrows, um, and he was making good good yardage on that, I thought they could have kicked away a wee bit more, and that was probably the only concern, but uh, other than that, I thought the pack, uh, as a collective, played really, really well, and there were uh, some really good individual performance in that, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit.
0: Yeah, and we'll, t- we'll turn to that in a couple of minutes, and We've touched on uh, the the monster performance, but mainly talked about the season. So, I, I want to talk about the uh, Saturday's performance uh, a bit more. Kaelan, could you give us a, a bit of a summary uh, about what you thought about the the, the monster guys on Saturday? Do you know? Uh, give us an overview there. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about individuals in a minute. Uh, f-
1: well, firstly, Ross hit the nail on the head there with two two points. In particular the the overthrows of lineout. I was on the terrace i could see a few of them a couple of them were just really bad timing errors do you know and that's so unmonster monster like like you never see those when peter yeah. man there for instance mm-hmm. so you've hit them in the head perfectly and then the other one that breeze was it was swirling around but it was with ulster i think mm-hmm. Stuart Moore tried it and billy burns both tried kicks him behind very early um and mike haley was there but probably it was a back three who hadn't played together so it was, it was a good tactic but i don't think it was really working they kind of abandoned it but to show how much it was swirling when that real sheet of rain came down in the second half we were in the terrace but we didn't get wet so it it was really all over the place like so but getting back to monster i think you can talk individuals and jack crowley is the obvious one that we'll probably get on to but i think from this from a system a style a progression standpoint because this is what this season's about progression i think there was enough there, and I've said this. I said this in the Leinster and the Bulls games as well. That I think Munster's starting level is still okay. There is a bit of an issue with force. Now we've seen that at times. I uh, Bernard Jackman, I think it was, who put up a clip about Munster trying to use two playmakers. But what happened was it was very prescribed. It looked like Mike Haley's second playmaker, Mike Haley's second playmaker, and Ulster read it well. Ben Moxham, I think it was, he hit him really well. Read one very very well in the first half. Um, but there there's enough there. There was a few offloads getting into space, wingers coming off their wings. The pack is an issue, but um, spoke about it like that. it's it's a young young pack, you know. And that's when you got someone like Alan O'Connor and Sam Carter from and at eight, and Marty Moore man the match at tighthead. It's kind of to be expected that they would almost not pull it up the jumper because they didn't, but score three tries that kind of stem from mauls or scrums. So it's, it's kind of what you expect. And I think if you said before the game, one point defeat at home to Ulster, I'd probably have taken it if the performance was good enough. And I think because neither side played for 80 minutes, which could have been expected with injuries, gastro, whatever else. I think it's kind of what you'd have expected from the game. And listen, Munster turned it on the second half. It started to click a bit when Ulster got tired, but I, I can't... I honestly can't sit here and complain about it because the intent is there. And before Underground Grand, they'd try something and they'd put 40 points on a Welsh region who was in tatters, insert name, or whoever you know whoever it is at the time. And they go out the next week and they play Connacht and it'll go up the jumper and they get bullied. And they wonder, why has it gone wrong? And it would just be that endless cycle. But at least they are trying. So that's it's not working, but it will work. And that's where Ross made the point. Munster have enough talent to make top... Top eight, top six. Of course they do. They got British and Irish Lions, they got lads with nearly hundred Ireland caps. Of course they have talent there. Like the one thing under Van Gran was that kind of regurgitated, same old. We lost the same way in all the big games, bar maybe one or two. And that's one thing. Like this team doesn't look like they're doing that. It's still early, but they've played two interprovincials where they've, you know, they've died with their shirts on. And like, okay, the Connacht game was horrendous at times, but like they're not. It's not the same errors after seven games than what we've seen in the last seven games of last season with similar injuries because we had an awful lot of injuries last season as well. Like so, performance as a whole wasn't great. It was a good forty minutes, but Ulster only had a good forty minutes in them as well. So, like,
0: yeah, it's, a, it's
1: all relative. Yeah, but at I, least there's there's yeah. signs there. I'm not worried for Munster in a year's time. Whereas when because Ross mentioned about Dan McFarland, you might have been worried for Ulster in a year's time when he started you might have thought oh this is going to take two or three years I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that I think there's enough quality there they'll be fine it's just about changing some of the psyche changing the game plan being different they're getting there at yeah. one point loss it's tough but look it's an interventional like you can't I know we've lost three interprovincials so far but like it's the toughest shield for a reason
0: yeah absolutely you know, and, they're, yeah. they're
1: four top teams
0: yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's what makes them so spicy. Do you know, <laughs> it's it's always it's always pretty tight in theory, or at least in terms of quality, and uh, particularly uh, uh, I suppose not the harsh and Connaught, but particularly with Munster, Leinster, and, and Ulster, it's uh, uh, the the quality's there always, and uh, and anyone could beat anyone on their day. Um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, we've been there at Ulster, you know, in terms of regime change. It takes a wee while for people to bet in. Um, uh, uh, and Ross uh, uh, and yourself point out, McFarland, do you know, it takes a while until people get the message, you know, and the way they're trying to play. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it would be stupid to write monster off at this stage. There's still a lot of games left to go. In terms of stats, I just want to touch on that for a second. I was sort of wondering after that game, it was, it was sort of hard to judge. It was, <laughs> not to, to use a, a, a boring cliche, it was a game of two halves in the sense that, um, uh, yeah, Ulster definitely had it in terms of territory and possession. It, over the course of the game, just narrowly, um, they had it uh, in the, something like 52% possession, better territory in terms of more entries into the Munster 22 As Ross said, start three tries to one is some indication of dominance. You'd rather get your points, I would, anyway, from from scoring. Um, In terms of um, beating beating defenders, also. Beat more a few more turnovers uh, monster really punished my penalties in the first half as well um in terms of ulster second half game management has been an issue and sort of a recurring thing over the last couple of seasons where uh, we've we've not maybe managed the game the best and um we've we've given up narrow leads um just by not seeing games out now this is encouraging um this is encouraging because um, we've we've let our guard drop, and uh, in in the second half there, Munster have, have come in, and uh, it's a game that we maybe would have lost, like, maybe last season or the season before. The Lions game was very similar to that as well, um, uh, where we, we maybe would have lost that. So look, encouraging signs, and and Kaelin, there I want, want to turn to you. I think you you have some input.
1: Yeah, no, I just like because you're on about the stats there. It did feel like Munster were slightly less disciplined now it's it's a broad statement to make obviously but it kind of felt at times that if ulster got an attack and got in behind us oh, they're going to score or if they get a penalty they go to the corner they're going to score it didn't really feel like much would score kind of until the second half now yeah. weirdly paddy patterson was better at the two scrum apps, was when cronin came on but i think that was just the ulster fatigue or whatever but it did kind of feel like if Ulster got the chance, they'd score, and we've seen it. Like once Fagioto dropped that ball, like don't, don't get me started. You just can't do that. But once you drop that ball, it's like, oh, Ulster are going to score here. And like I was thinking about two minutes before that, when Moore kicked, it, it's like 10-3, This isn't too bad. Fagioto mm-hmm. drops it. A couple of phases later, try for James Hume on his return, and it's like ah, oh, now it's tough. And listen, they nearly clawed their way back into it, as you kind of alluded to, but like it's. I'm not surprised when you read any of those stats. You're not surprised having been there. It's like Ulster were dominant, Ulster were the better team. Ulster looked like a team who were closer to full strength. And I think that's where the kind of fatigue was a bigger leveler than Anthony Else, because Ulster were close to full strength in some positions. And it's just kind of it did feel like Ulster could always, always had the chance they could just pull away, be it through the, the back three that they have, be it through Hume didn't do a lot but it, it's his first game back like we couldn't we caught him a lot of slack like be true whatever the mall it, it always felt like ulster on the cusp of scoring and that's it's not a worry because ulster are a top team but it makes sense when you when you read back over it having been there haven't felt how the game was going yeah it, it did feel like ulster could have always got a fourth try and that like i think ross said earlier like munster over criticized munster are always overly criticized yeah we, we could be south african in month's time and people saying why didn't you beat new zealand again like <laughs> you know,
3: but yeah, I,
1: yeah. I, I, like credit to ulster they went to thome park and they beat munster and that's one thing and as far as i can think when you think of thome park and munster only leinster really and me and i think like we bet saracen's there we bet Rossing there like Leinster really the only team to have gone to Thomond Park and actually beat Munster, as opposed to just slightly over the line.
2: So yeah, that's,
1: that's that's good for Ulster when you look at them as title contenders. Like it means as much as winning in Johannesburg, and in, in some ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're delighted. You know, uh, full respect the Munster, and that's why why we're we're, we're coming away delighted with that winning, albeit a narrow one. And I want to um, turn to talk about individual performances now. So. Ross, what Ulster players uh, stood out to you on an individual level? My um, uh, number one,
2: Tom or Tom Stewart. Um, I thought he was fantastic with uh, the ball, the ball in hand. I thought his lineout work was really good, um, and then defensively at the lineout, he was able to pick uh, pick Munster balls off. And he's a phenomenal turn of pace; like he can go start um, from a stand start to. Full sprint in like that, um, and it's a real, it's a real weapon. It's a real weapon off the ba- of the base of the scrum. Um, you see, he's not, he's not afraid to sort of break away uh, if it's on and dart for the line. I think we've seen maybe not necessarily in that match, but we have seen that before. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's got made, it's got also a few good yards. And I think maybe the 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 last try, uh, or sorry, the last. When Ulster turned down the kick at goal and went to the post and went to the corner, I think there would have if if the hooker had a broke off and I think Munster were down men on the blind side and Ulster could have go a uh, manufactured a like a one on one and you'd back your hooker to beat whoever was in whoever was in front. Um, but yeah, t- uh, Tom Stewart was number one. Uh, I thought Rory Sutherland had a great impact off the bench. Um, three vital turnovers. Uh, just. Sort of halting monster M- momentum in that second half when you thought, oh here, um, they're getting up the s- head of steam here. It's gonna be like the, the Thurman Park away match last year where uh, Ulster had like Ulster should have won it and then they just throw it away at the at, at the end. Uh, but no, he stepped up. I actually thought there was a uh, there's a few other players stepped up um with maybe not vintage performances but I'd say vintage moments. Vermeulen at the e- end, at the ends. Uh, Ethan McElroy down the left wing uh, was it was a hack hack on and did he carry the, I, I think he carried the monster uh, monster man back over the line uh, Stuart Moore with a break in the second half as well uh, there weren't too many Ulster breaks in the second half that was that was one and um, yeah so and then obviously Sutherland at three so uh, they're sort of a few mo- few players slash moments that's, that really stood out stood out for me
0: yeah thanks for that Ross and yeah um... Yeah, the, the, there are uh, in terms of um, Tom Stewart uh, carried twelve times, I think carried for fifty-seven meters, um, uh, which is incredible for Hooker in terms of yardage gained uh, per carry. Fourteen tackles, um, unbelievable. Marty Moore, as as you said, uh, played a full eighty minutes, uh, which for a guy like Marty Moore, who let's just say he's more of a traditional traditional prop <laughs> in terms of in terms of build and carriage you know but 80 uh, 18 minutes 15 tackles which is um for a tight head prop unbelievable I, I mean every 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 podcast it seems i'm just like a broken record records how great marty Moore is but i've got to keep going um but yeah, yeah. I, I, I i agree fully and i suppose Kaelin, from your perspective which monster players emerge from that game with credit and, and also if you want to uh, showed out a couple of guys in the, uh, the Ulster team that would be okay as well
1: of course it'll be okay um <laughs> I'll start with Ulster I did like Tom Stewart has impressed me anytime I've seen him it's, it's one of the weird ones where there's always guys who come out and you always hear about them so Stewart yeah. Moore was that for me I, I heard about Moore before I heard about Hume um and I, I'll get to more in a minute but Stewart was he was good he looked good in the emerging Ireland tour like, you look at Ireland's depth at third-choice hooker, and it's Dave Heffernan, Niall Scannell, and then you go into the Tom Stewart's, Dylan Tierney-Martin's, Jim Barron's. Barron actually played well. I think Yeah, pros were awry, but I, I kind of, like, I, I felt like it was all kind of, there was a couple of timing issues. Like, when you're there, you can see it's it could be timing, it could be lift, it could be throw, and I think a couple of them were timing. But I think there's, there's, a, there's a chance that someone like Stewart, Tierney-Martin, Barron, could just squeeze in there ahead of Eflin everyone. because Eflin's a good player but if you're going third choice do you go with someone who's more in the Dan Sheehan mode or more in the Ronan Kellerman mode and they might think do you know what we've got a diamond in Dan Sheehan let's try and get another one you don't know what they're thinking I think he impressed Marty Moore like I I agree with yourself Peter like props don't get enough credit Prop a prop is never one man the match in the Six Nations game like it's, it's crazy like is that right? Yeah, honestly I think no They're still making this I think they'll probably Give it to Tiger Furlong The next time As well <laughs> Just to say He's the first one But just like Matt Moore was brilliant But I was at the game I didn't really notice Because he made so many tackles And then He's the kind of lad He always looks tired I nearly thought Has he come off? Is he still there? Is ha, ha, is he a sub? Like you don't But he's, he's playing really well I think Like he could start on Friday night For the A team And you're just
3: thinking Okay we have a The Red Hand is proudly partnered with Shredded Juice Bar, a fantastic local business based on Belfast's bustling Lisburn Road. Shredded Juice Bar stocks a range of fresh, healthy, wholesome and delicious foods and drinks. Fresh juices, smoothies, acai bowls, protein pots, overnight oats, protein balls, salads and wraps. You can tailor our menu to your needs. Everything is served just the way you like it. We're all about feel-good food. Come and give us a try. We know you'll love it. We're open seven days a week. That Shredded Juice Bar on the Lisburn Road in Belfast. We look forward to seeing you soon. William Carlisle Coaching, helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets whilst losing £15 minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation programme. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, grab your phone or pen and paper to write down my social accounts. On Instagram, it's at William Carlisle Coaching. On Facebook, it's just William Carlisle. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop me a message and let's chat. Solid
1: another solid tight head like we always forget about him and then out wide i said before the game i thought they could have maybe tried to get jake flannery in there like not saying it because i'm a monster man but i think
0: mm-hmm.
1: billy burns is a good player and everything but if ulster come under pressure and billy burns goes down you're under serious issues like you, there's no one ready so I, I would like to see flannery but burns did okay and then Moore at 15 for me i thought he did well to be honest um, I'm a fan of his. I think he's the proper. I'm not going to compare him to Kieran Frawley or compare him to Jamie O'Brien or these other like utility backs, but he's a proper utility back. Like he can play 12 really well. He can play 15 really well. He had a drop goal attempt that was really bad, but <laughs> he's, he's a really, really good player. Like, and I think he's. I'm, I'm not going to try and be rude because I'm a big fan of Stockdale. I'm a big fan of Lowry, but I think he could. He's the one that everyone is just sleeping on. Like, he could be like what Lowry was in the Quining Cup last year, if he, he could be that this year. Do you know? Because he's he's talented. If you want to go 6-2 split, he could be an option. Do you know? I think he impressed me. It's the first time I've seen him live. And yeah, he impressed me. But on to Munster, I think it's all young lads, which is slightly worrying in a way. That's all the young lads. But then it's a good thing. It just depends which angle you take. I think... Um, as I said, Baron, I think he did well. I think he's starting to grow into the role. Um, Kilcoyne wasn't great. If you go number by number and then tight head prop on the night was John Ryan. John Ryan was really good. Actually. Didn't look like a lad who hadn't bled in two or two weeks. Very good introduction. A did well. But I think like he's a huge man. Like, he's a, like, you see him like he's, he's as big on TV as he is in person, if not bigger in person. But I, there is, he's still a rough diamond type of player. Like he's, we're getting there with them. Um, Kendallan was really good. I don't know what he thought, but like for first game back, I think he looked really, really sharp. And then Crowley's the obvious one Patterson, and I actually think the two wingers did really well. Like Shane Daly almost butchered his strike, but he didn't, and he scored, it, and that's all it that counts. <laughs> and I think Patrick Campbell looks like the type of player that if he got time, he could be. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Keith Earls, don't get me wrong, but he could be like someone like Conway where. Slowly but surely, year on year, you just realize, geez, this lad is really, really good. And like, he's he's a very intelligent player, came off his wing. There was one break in the first half where Ulster's line came up. It was in a good, good space. We just spotted a gap, went through it, danced back inside. I think we could have been turned over the next phase or two or whatever, but he just has that eye to make ground and he's young. People will figure him out next year or whatever, or this year. But like the young players are standing up and they're just a few of them. A um, bit of a worry about centre is the only thing I'd say, just because we didn't win, so I can't be positive on everything, as, even though it's my style. But centre is probably the only position that is, like, just still not seeing anything there. Like we, Chris Farrell is on the leave of absence for a reason, and that's that'll sort itself out. And then Antoine Friche is injured, and I think right now they're probably our best two options, but they're not yeah. there. Frecatoa hasn't been great. Yeah. So, like, you have to mix the go with the bad. You can't just stand here and praise everyone. We didn't win the game. Yeah. So, like, I think that's one area because I think if Hume was firing or Marshall was firing, we could have been under a bit more pressure there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just a couple of very quick follow up questions. Um, In terms of Jake Flannery, tell us how good he is. So sure. He didn't play a huge amount for Munster, but you've probably seen about four or five games more of him than than we have. And the second one is, um uh, a dog boom uh you you touched on him there Th- this guy is making waves uh, uh, and people are pretty excited about him um you alluded to him being a diamond in the rough what sort of potential does he have is, is he just a, is he just a big guy or is he a guy who is uh, what is he like 1920 tell us a bit more about him
1: yeah um i, I just started fanry quickly because i didn't i haven't seen an awful lot of fanry because he only played I think he played two games last season and one the year before. Um, but I just think from an outside view, looking at Ulster, I just think if Burns goes down compared to any other position, it's a bit it's very untested. Do you know like Jake Fannery has I think the toughest game he's played for Munster is probably away in Benetton or something like that. Like, you know, like I I think it'd be worth it for Ulster if they gave him a chance and at least seen him in some games. Christmas, he'll probably get a game. And he, he looked good at AIL, like he carried, no disrespect to any Shannon supporters that might be listening, but he kind of carried them up the division. And funnily enough, it reminds me of, of about nearly 10 years ago now, now, eight years ago, Jack Hartley did the same thing with Buccaneers before he broke through. So may, may, maybe there's their their careers and follow a certain path and you've got to attend there for a few years. But on a dog ball, like I, I, I'm i not going to lie, i would never seen him play underage. I've seen this name in the academy last year. And I was like, right, well, let's see what he's like, you know, haven't seen him asked around a few lags, like, Oh yeah, he could be, he could be good. And then I seen his brother was there on the underage panel. And you know, the old analogy, Oh, his brother is better. You know, I don't know. But Edwin is, he's a huge man. I think we kind of have a bit, we kind of, we laud about um, big, burly secondos Cause we don't have them. I think that could be, that could be some of it. Like he's, he's a huge man. And like, I, I remember just reading the programme notes before the game and like Jan Klein is I think is the biggest non-prop in the Munster squad. Mm. Now with Dogbo's name, I don't know if it was even listed on it, to be honest. I don't have a side mate to check, but that's kind of the that's the thing. We don't have big second notes. because Joe McCarthy is Leinster. He's still young, but he's not the biggest. He's not a Jason Jenkins size. Connacht have Thornbury and young Darren Murray is big. He's light, but he's the same age as me, he's only 21. And Munster have a dog, but now. He's what, 19, 20? Like we're we're gonna wait and see. I'm not gonna say like a hern. we kind of felt like oh a hern will play for Ireland when he's ready. I don't know what a dog's career has in front of him, but I think he's if they coach him right, and he's got um, three very, very good forwards coaching him in round three, Kiriakou and Limi. Hopefully they can get something out of him. Because in fairness, like they've gotten a lot out of um the likes of kendallan Hardness um josh Richley Barron. so like they know how to bring true young forwards i think that's what we're seeing and actually before i finish on this i think what people may not realize is in costa was with munster a few years ago back when axel foley was, was head coach and he left to go to wasps since he came back over the academy and this is just a theory of mine i think the younger players are stepping up better now there's a better talent pool like Alex Hendelen was playing under 20 in a team with Nathan Doak and Jamie Osborne. And we were saying Alex Hendellon is the is the man. Like that's how good he was um, a year, year and a half ago now. But well, I think since Costello came in, the Academy players have progressed better. You look at Ruan Quinn, came off the bench against Zebra, did well. You look at Dogbo, Owen O'Connor was on the bench. Well, it started the other night. To be honest, I don't I didn't see enough of him from being there to say he looks really good, but he's a good player. And I think that's one positive in this Munster coaching, of which there is a lot, because they're, they're big names, they've, they've proven themselves, but Costello is clearly doing something right in the academy, and that's always a great starting point. They always talk about it in soccer. If you don't get your sign-ins right, it's not going to work. But I think in rugby, if you don't get your academy right as well, you know, you look at Leinsters, it's no one comes out of the Leinster academy and aren't able to play URC. And I think that's one... That's one thing that i think we can be happy with the cost that though is there and things are going right and there's good young players coming through so i have faith in them to get the most out of these players and is a dog bowl going to be this power athlete second row i don't know he has the size of it like he's again he's a huge man he's bigger than Ty burn and Ty burn i know he would say he's too small but you you know what i mean um like he has the he has the physique to do it yeah now can yeah. we coach him into being a great player like, he won a great turnover the other night, but I don't know if you've seen it. Like, his hands were definitely on the deck. <laughs> we're not going to get into a referee conversation, mm-hmm. but there was a couple of those the other night, both ways. It's like, yeah. oh, and turnovers is one of my big pet peeves because I feel like players just leave their hands on the ball, the referee gives it. It's like, no, you need to turn it over. And Dogwood didn't. He just got yeah. in the way of it. But, like, yeah. like with that size, the referee just gives you the benefit of the doubt, don't they? Same <laughs> with Billy Vanapola. Billy Pola never wins a clearing turnover. Yeah, gets in front of it. Referee gives this one back.
0: I think they're just intimidated by their size. You know, you don't want to argue those guys. We (laughs) all like, (laughs) just just give them what they want. Um, yeah, I I only ask you about the dog, but I think he's. It's exciting to see a massive Irish guy coming through. I don't know. I just think that's class. The last one I remember is another monster guy, Tony Buckley, coming through, and I just thought he's like one of the biggest people I've ever seen. Just like a massive sort of farmer. Um, and then a dog was a similar sort of um, just an absolute brute, and and he's only, I mean, he's what 1920? It's unbelievable, uh, yeah, he's definitely younger than me,
1: anyway. So he's about 1920.
0: I know it's insane, it's insane, but anyway, I mean, that that sort of concludes. I mean, we could talk about refereeing decisions and stuff like that. I, f- I find all that a bit a bit dull. Like, uh, I ref- will go into
1: it though, we'll, we'll have a quick discussion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he ref the game, Ross. What do you think of the ref quickly? Um, I I, there, I don't get rid
2: of, well. I'll, I'll say what I'd say every every game. There's decisions I don't agree with. But then, uh, well, I suppose he's on the pitch. He has to make a decision very quickly. Like Uh, the, and listen, I'm talking about round rock time and stuff. Obviously, the TMO will come in for foul play. I already got. I thought the and I thought Fagatoa should have gone. Like I thought it was a red card. Um. But other, other than that, I thought he was okay. He was okay. He's, it's it, it didn't win or lose anyone the game. I don't think so. In yeah. terms of that, in terms of that way, I don't think any there can be any sort of complaints. There's just just sort of the the fact I told a red card or yellow card, it should have been a red card. That that incident was maybe the only sort of major thing that I can that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, he probably annoyed uh, both sides in equal measure. Which there um, <laughs> there's probably a Vermeulen moment, you know, in the first half where where he, he had your man around the neck, and like, it's a bit of handbags, but also, I mean, you, you could see him getting yellow for that in other circumstances. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think um, it's 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 nearly impossible to referee. I, I I don't envy anyone who referees rugby to be honest. So I'm always loath to criticise r- referees. Um, uh, unless they do something against Ulster, in which case. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just want to finish off by talking a wee bit about Ireland uh, this weekend. So we have uh, the face-off between the world champions, South Africa, and world number one, Ireland, uh, in Dublin on Saturday. So Ireland they also take on New Zealand on Friday. So it'll be interesting. Um, there's a bunch of guys uh, from Ulster represented, obviously. Uh, got a list uh, there in our show notes, uh, Balakoon, Lowry, McCloskey, Stock, Bill, Herring, Treadwell, Timoney, and O'Toole is the one that I forgot about. Um, uh, in terms of just very briefly, to, to finish us off here, who who will you be looking out for this weekend? So you've got those gains. Uh, who are you excited by? Who, who, will, who will you be sort of keeping an eye on? Let's start with, uh, well, whoever wants to jump in.
1: Um, oh, yeah, we're going, Keelan. I I'll I'll go. So um, just to get the monster perspective, I think we had six now five players in the A squad. Um, hern is a huge loss because I think a lot of people would have liked to see hern in a green shirt again, just to see what he can do. But I think for, out the A squad, probably is the obvious one because he's come on this year and looked like a new player, and he's looked like players enjoying himself in the system, whatever. So he's probably the obvious one there. But there's a couple of players like. Gavin Thornbury of Connacht, could he force his in another big second? Oh, like we, I forgot about him there a few minutes ago. Um, Keelan Blade, I, I know I'm on Munster Nunster podcast. I'm not going to say Nathan Doak won't make the World Cup, but Keelan Blade could possibly get in in front of him because if Murray or Gibson Park gets injured, you don't want to have two lads of 23 and 22. You know, like not. It's not your ideal choice, unless you're France, and you've got 40, 14, 22-year-olds from half, so we're all capable, but... Uh, um, so, Blade, be looking to see what he can do. Jamie Osborne was a part of that 20 squad with do- Doak and Kendall, and I was trying to think, is there anyone else in that A squad? Salanoa is there, but I think he's a he's a long-term project. Um, and I just got Penny, Max Deegan as well. Like, being in the back row in Ireland is both the hardest and easiest thing in the world to do because there's so many players in front of you. But also at the same time, if you're starting or within the top five in your province, you're obviously very, very good. And those two lads are. Um, Deegan could will captain side on, on on Friday. I don't have information on that. <laughs> well, he he could like he captained the emerging team. And then on Saturday, then I read a thing there earlier on from Murray Kinsler. He reckons Jameson Kibbs the Park won't be fit. If that's the case. I'll i throw it up to you because it's it's going to be between two Munstermen If it's Casey or Doak or Casey or Murray, sorry, brilliant. Just you you want it to be Doak, I can tell. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because I'm a huge Craig Casey fan, and apparently if you go on Twitter and defend Craig Casey or Conor Murray, you're you're going to be exiled. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to not going to do that here against Nathan Doak when he's not here to defend himself. But I think that that's a huge area for Ireland because I firmly believe. Like, I looked at rook speeds in all of Ireland's games. Even against France, which was our slowest rook speed, we still got quick ball. So I don't think we have to go out there with the mindset. I think it's a, a negative mindset to say we have to go out, we have to bully South Africa. Like, we've got James Ryan and Ty Byrne in the second row against Lou Diagor and even Etzebeth. We're not going to physically impose over them. We have to be smarter than them. We have to play smart. We have to play to our strengths. And like yeah, beating New Zealand doesn't prove you're the biggest squad in the world because they're not either. But I just think we're not we're not going to win by outside Africa, South Africa. It's just not going to happen. They they won a World Cup off this. If we are going to win, it's going to be you know Tyburn on turnovers. I know they went with Dion Ferri, so maybe they're on the bench. So maybe they're looking at that late on that Irish back row and, the jackal threats whatever but i think like jasper visa is a very good player but if peter manny does what he did to sam kane and calls him a an sh1t version of vermilion or whoever else like maybe he'll get a yellow card and maybe that's a strength and like conor murray could win his 100 test cap he's not a bad player he's still was never a bad player he was just not pete conor murray the last few years but they're going up against hendricks and willemsa both of which can be very, very good in their day, but I don't think Willems is even the third best out half in South Africa. Like, I I don't oh, know what Libbox has uh, to do, to be honest.
2: Oh, you know? I I completely disagree with that. Really I think Willems is unreal. He's outstanding. Oh. He's been fantastic for I, I'm really I'm like I'm really looking forward to watching him play. Um he he's done it for the Stormers at ten. He's done it for the Stormers at 10 12 and fifteen. He's sort of done it at international level. Fifteen. I don't think he's played that many games at ten. Um, but uh, I I I think he's a proper good player. And but is yeah. he the best?
1: Is he the best ten at the Stormers, who are the reigning URC champions? Um, I'm not saying
2: he's a bad player, but is he a good enough ten? that's very good. I think I've answered a question that I thought. Uh, no, sorry. I think I think I've com- I think I've completely mis- uh, misunderstood what you were saying. Uh, no, it's sorry. fine. It's
1: just, that, that's why yeah. I just see, like, yeah. we've Johnny Sexton. Yeah, like I yeah. I go for, if I was them I'd go for Lebakh of rims. I understand why because they like the six two split. Phillips is perfect, yeah. but they're going up against Johnny Sexton in Ireland. said like Sexton's playing some brilliant rugby, league. and I just think this could be this could make his case for South Africa to be a ten.
2: But it I, can also break him. I, but I, I don't think even if he does have a bad game, I don't think it would break him. Um, I think, <laughs> I, um, I think Villan says, like, a, he's gonna be. He's, he's only like 23, 24.
1: Yeah, um, he, he is young.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's. I think already he's he's not up there with the best, but he has the potential to be to be incredible. Uh, I actually, I don't think he's that far off from being the South African number one. Um little Manny Libbock and Chris Smith of Stormers and Bulls. They don't seem to really get a look in the international scene. Um Hondre Pollard just, he doesn't do it for me. And neither does Elton Yadjis or, or however I think there's off field problems mm. at the minute. Um I think it, it, I think it's paved the way for Volumsa to for if he has a good autumn internationals. I think he I I can see him having it. Although I think the Stormers also have uh, an under twenty out half maybe utility back out half coming through. Sasha Gonzalo. I yeah. I, I, may, do, I do think are, against
1: Connacht, to I'm right?
2: Yeah, possibly. Mention that
1: game, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. If, if I'm grabbing, but no, I, I get what you mean. He's a, he's a very good player, but there's a there's a big difference at international level right now in his career. No, I'm not saying probably a bit harsh. Me to say it'll break him for ten years time, but. Yeah. there's a big difference in being a top quality back and being a top quality 10 like Mike larry is top quality back at the moment
2: yeah
1: I wouldn't throw him into the 10-shirt same way I wouldn't throw Frawley into the 10-shirt in this game because there is a difference but yeah. he's still a very good player and maybe he could be up the Colby mold where even if for 79 minutes and 30 seconds you keep him quiet he can still do something in the other 30 seconds and mm-hmm. if that's the case then I'm massively underestimating him and I can be wrong from time to time so you never know I might be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're, we're all we're all uh, we're all capable of being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, and briefly, Ross. I suppose from, from an Ulster perspective, um, who you looking forward to? Or any predictions for this weekend? What do you want to see happen? So, I'm looking at the A the A team here, Marty Mur. Um, I think it's
2: we, so we sort of touched on him earlier about how he's been uh, really really good for Ulster, but he ha- he never really got quite the same focus when it comes to being omitted from international teams as for example Stuart McCloskey and and that's not saying anything negative about Stuart McCloskey, it's just merely saying that I think Marty Moore should have been in that discussion as well about, oh, why is he not there? Um, so I'm, I'm I'm delighted for him and I think he, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts that A, A game. Uh, also obviously there's Players from the senior senior team will play may play in it. I think Nathan Doak and Tom Stewart are linking up with the extended squad later this week. And um, Max Deegan, that the Leinster back row, there was once upon a time Max Deegan was the hottest prospect there. And um, he sort of drifted. He sort of just been injuries. He hasn't had the step forward. Uh, I think I I hope he gets back to like uh, the, the levels. Um, James Hume is the the other one i think i think he should start uh on friday night and it would be interesting to see i don't i don't think the the all blacks have named their team for friday uh but yeah, it would be interesting tomorrow, what, it's a... tomorrow yeah it, it will be uh it'll be interesting who they, who they name because of some they're they're they haven't exactly got a week team over and there's plenty of strength there um looking there at such the thing as
1: a weak new zealand team even if it is an A-team? You, you know? Know. Like, like, they said, like, TJ Perrinaro is captain, isn't he? Yeah. And, uh, like, he's he yeah. like he so underrated, Like, he's such a good player.
2: Yeah. I don't think he's as good as he was. Oh, no. Um, no still a good player, but I think um, there's he's in maybe have better options. I could be... Again, Yeah, I could be... Well, we, we
0: routinely beat the All Blacks now anyway, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I know it'll be fairly easy so uh, no i think it's, it's exciting and as as you both said there's there's some guys to look out for there a decent ulster contingent in the squad uh i think it's about right uh at the minute in terms of guys being called up i think mackleroy is another guy who will uh get in the get in the squad before too long um but yeah, it's uh no, it's it's exciting and um we're we're without Ulster-Rupi for a while now. So uh the next game, what is it, the 25th of November uh, against uh, Zebre, Um and then we're beating Leinster at their place the week after that. So um exciting, exciting. And guys, uh, I think we've we've probably gone over time there. Not that there's any particular limit, but um uh we'd better go so i can get this podcast up this evening while it's still relevant so guys thank you so much for your insight really enjoyed that i'm sure people will enjoy listening so thank you thanks for having thank thank yes thank you peter hello the red hand visitors. this is jonathan moore from ss moore sports in belfast we're just opposite the front door of the city hall onto chester street where we've been since 1950 we again like most other years kind a full range of the ulster rugby product we do hoodies tees polos jackets gilets scarves hats luggage we do adults and kids and that can be i seen in store or online at ssmsports.co.uk hope to see you guys soon and don't forget shop local